Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, the prevailing narrative around Northern Ireland is that it's a gloomy time dealing with both Brexit and indeed the fact that it has no working parliament gives the idea it's in a state of, of trouble. So I was somewhat surprised to read that our regular UK economist, uh, David Smith from the Sunday Times, had recently visited the North and had a much more optimistic take on things uh, north of the border. Good morning to you, David. How are you? I'm fine. And you, Bobby? I'm good. And I was up north recently myself, so I'm hoping that our views might even concur here. Firstly, you visited Northern Ireland recently and against the kind of the, the, the common narrative, you were, you were pleasantly surprised. Is that right? I was. Uh, the, um, the, the visit, um, I, I went over there to, um, to do a breakfast uh, presentation for, uh, for Barclays in Northern Ireland. And the, uh, and the night before, they'd organised a dinner. Lots of people from different uh, sectors of the economy, different businesses, and somebody was there from Invest Northern Ireland, the uh, you know the the body who uh, which is there to attract inward investment. And as you probably know, they'd had a, a summit uh, a couple of weeks ago, which went very well. Lots of people came to that. Lots of potential investors in Northern Ireland, and um, they all said to me at the dinner, "Why don't you write about Northern Ireland?" I, I, you know, it was my first visit to Belfast to Northern Ireland. I've been there a few times, so I don't normally do. Rec- but I decided to do so, and uh, and uh, and it went it went well. And I think the you know what I did um, is to take it back to uh, not quite a first principles, but to what uh, Michael Gove, who I think was then the uh, Brexit secretary, said a few years ago, which was that uh, Northern which, Ireland could get, could get the best of both worlds. You know, and it and, surprised many people, given his prominence as a Brexiteer. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, lots of people said about that. You know, if that's if that's good for Northern Ireland, why don't you make it good for the rest of the UK? But, yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so I, I looked at it. And in some respects, I think uh, that is happening. And, and um, I think it comes from two things. One is from your uh, overheated property market in the south. And uh, I think as the head of IDA Ireland has said, that um, it's getting more difficult to attract inward investment because of, uh, because of property shortages, housing shortages. And so there's some spillover from, North, from, uh, from Ireland to uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. But also I think the, um, you know, the argument is working a bit that, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, straddling the two markets, the, uh, the UK single market and the EU single market, is actually starting slowly to bring benefits for, for Northern Ireland. And and in your view, they you you say by that then that they're enjoying the best of both worlds. Um, I think the other thing is the functioning uh, government, and you say that the basically that the ungoverned are apparently ungovernable, but that uh, that often isn't the case. In that things like business might just say, well, you know what, we got to keep going here. We're not waiting for a government or we're not waiting for a civil servant to tell us this, that or the other. We just yeah, have to get on with stuff. Very good point. You know, the, um, the, the summit I mentioned was supported obviously quite strongly from, uh, from Westminster and, uh, and, and from the Northern Ireland office. Uh, the, um, it's unusual to have uh, the civil service in charge of... Uh, and I think where it, where, it, where it hurts probably is if you need sign-off, local sign-off for... Uh, you know, investment incentives for a new project coming in. Yeah. I think that that's when it gets a bit difficult. But uh, otherwise, 
I don't think it's doing. You know, I don't, I, I don't know how close Northern Ireland is to the to the record for a uh, you know for a for a province that hasn't been uh, hasn't hasn't had a government. But uh, you know, Belgium is the uh, is the bellwether in that respect. I think they they went for five hundred days or something. I don't think we're quite there yet, or maybe we are. But it's 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 getting there certainly, and yeah. it doesn't be, it doesn't be, seem to be doing as much harm as you think. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to minimize the challenges that, that are still there for Northern Ireland, challenges with infrastructure, challenges with um, skills. Uh, and even though, you know, Northern Ireland's got a very low unemployment rate now, just 2.7%, it's still got a high inactivity rate, you know, the highest in the UK. So, so there's plenty of plenty to, to do. And, so, uh, and just on that point, David, that, that suggests that figure that you say, the low in, unemployment figure with the high inactivity rate between 16 and 64 years old, that suggests that, you know, uh, a lot of people are choosing not to work. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there may be, um, it's, it's, it's the highest inactivity rate in, in, the, in the UK. Um, Across the UK, as you know, as we've discussed before, you've seen a rise in inactivity since the pandemic because of ill health and so on. And, and people tell me that is a problem, a significant problem in Northern Ireland as well. That so, you know, all the, the health service is, is, uh, is not working terribly well across the UK. And I don't think it's working terribly well in, in Northern Ireland. So, so there's a long way to go to get that inactivity down. But it, it shows that, you know, instead of having to recruit from the Philippines and places like that. There probably is the uh, local labour there if they can be if it can be persuaded to get back into into work. And so I think I think again there's a task to be done there uh, for Northern Ireland. Just if we leave politics aside for a second, and you can never really do that. But if you, what's the sort of general feeling in the UK about supporting Northern Ireland? Because per capita, you know, the cost of supporting the economy there is much higher than it is in Scotland and Wales. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, uh, you know, it, it, it is seen as a uh, as a commitment, as a duty. But, you know, it, it differs. You know, Rishi Sunak uh, famously uh, negotiated the Windsor framework, the red and green lanes and so on. But I don't think that he is, a, as a politician, he's terribly interested in, uh, in Northern Ireland, whereas Boris Johnson, uh, you know, who put them in that, that, that position of having a border in the Irish Sea is, um, was very interested. So I don't think there's any particularly close connection between Rishi Sunak and, the, uh, and Northern Ireland. It remains to be seen, and if we do get a Labour government next year, it remains to be seen what, uh, what Labour will do. But I, I think they take it seriously, and they, uh, they've got a, um, you know, a reasonably heavyweight uh, shadow Northern Ireland uh, secretary now, Hilary Benn, who was, uh, who was Tony Benn's son. So, yeah. uh, so I, think they, you know, I think they're taking it seriously. But the commitment will, will last. I don't, I don't think there's any, any question of, uh, of, the U- of, uh, of Westminster giving up on Northern Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we'll leave it there. Uh, as always, great to get your views, David. We haven't spoken about Northern Ireland before. Normally we talk about uh, the UK economy, but uh, thanks for your update. And as always, great to talk to you. Thanks, Bobby. Nice to talk. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.